Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. I'm Simone Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Christina Warren, senior developer advocate at GitHub, and Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack. Welcome to the show. Really exciting week. Uh, it's always a big week when I get to uh, buy a whole new Mac, so I can't get <laughs> can't wait to get into it. Oh my gosh! I love spending and a black money. one at that. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I haven't. I haven't ordered yet, but we'll talk about it. We'll talk about oh, what my oh, what my calculus oh. is going to be. Oh, exciting. Well, this week we will be talking, of course, about Apple's Scary Fast event that happened on Monday, October 30th. They didn't take any of our suggestions on how to make the event scarier, but we will be talking about what they did say. Um, And then we have a special guest for segment two, a friend of mine, Maury Coleman, who is going to tell us about his uh, habit of collecting old iPods and what he does with them. Uh, For our boosties, our subscribers who get an ad-free show and a bonus episode or bonus segment every week, uh, we are going to be talking about a Rolling Stone article that came out today about HBO executives behaving badly. Um, And I am so excited. It's truly the dumbest story I've had the pleasure of reading in a long time. Yes. I love that HBO executives are exactly as petty and small as 4chan trolls. I, I love everything about that. It, it is. I was going to say, they're as petty and small as basically all of us. Like, it's it's one of those things. Like, you you think if you are getting paid, like, seven figures that you might have thicker skin, you would be wrong, as we'll discuss. As we'll discuss. But first, Apple News. So, in its Monday event, Apple announced... The M3 chips, the M3, the M3 Pro, and the M3 Max. Each M3 chip, well, there'll be a, there will be a new iMac accompanying the M3 chip and a new MacBook Pro for each of them. One 14-inch MacBook Pro for the M3 and two costlier 14- and 16-inch MacBook Pros for the other two. The chips have faster and more efficient CPUs, according to Apple, as well as GPUs that support ray tracing, mesh shading, and dynamic caching, all of which are things that I'm going to ask Brianna about. The iMac is faster across the board. We are skipping right from the M1 to the M3, and it continues to come in exciting colors with color-matched accessories that, yes, still charge with the lightning lightning. yes yep and the magic mouse charger is still on the bottom of the mouse just checking in to see how we're going with that it's still the same okay great moving on for the macbook pros the m3 pro and its higher end sibling chip the m3 max will power laptops with mini led displays a 1080p camera and up to 128 gigabytes of ram with 22 hours of battery life the 14 inch pro starts at 1999 the 16 inch at 2499 meanwhile the entry macbook pro the new entry macbook pro that is 14 inches and has just the m3 chip um is the latest and i think last model to ditch the touch bar and it starts at 1599 dead with eight gigabytes of ram which is causing some consternation that is my general summary of what they announced i'd love to go to brianna because i think of the three of us you are the one who has made a purchase I did. Uh, so I don't want to fall, like, I love you, Christina, but I don't want to fall into the Christina Warren uh, uh, Mac uh, Mac pro, uh, Max trap, I guess you can call it. Uh, you know, I've learned this over the years, like, because it's so tempting to get the most maxed out version of, um, of a Mac, right? 
And I, I really learned that, like, get the basic bitch version of it and, like, sink your money into those upgrades that make sense. Like, I've never regretted, like, getting one terabyte of stuff. But, um, you know, I got the, uh, I, of course, got Space Black, which I just think is gorgeous. I got the 16-inch, and I got the, uh, I got one terabyte, and I got the, uh, the, 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 the Pro, uh, the M3 Pro chip. So, uh, not really fancy, still ended up being uh, $4,000 once you figured in, you know, Apple Care and tax. So uh, yeah. really looking forward to it, though. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to getting um, your um, your feedback on that. So for me, because uh, as I said, I was on the, the talk show this week with John Gruber. And as I mentioned, I'm a size queen. And so that means that I would you want all the things. And so when I when I like figured out like a 14 inch that would have two terabytes of SSD, 128 gigs of RAM, the highest in max. With tax and Apple Care, if I don't use the student discount, and look, I am a student of life, but if I were not to use the student discount and then account for the almost 11% sales tax, it's uh, it's like um, $6,000. So, yeah. um, like, genuinely. And so, which is ridiculous. So, uh, I able to get it down to like 5,300 if I use the education. Um, yeah, what, what, for education, I can get it down to 5,400, including Apple Care. If I could, I could log off, I could lop off them. They're $500 of that if I can uh, have it sent to Portland or go pick it up in Portland, uh, which I might do because it would be cheaper for me to fly to Portland um, for the day, go to the Apple store and pick up the laptop there than it would be to pay a uh, Washington state sales tax. And look, I pay enough taxes. I don't care. Don't shame me. If you want to shame me, like, honestly, you, you're listening to the wrong podcast, but, um, it, yeah, these, these things are, but I want the black one. They're expensive where I, I think you're smarter than me in this sense though. I'm having a hard time kind of, it's not so much justifying the cost. I do want to see, you know, the reviews and whatnot, but I really want this color, but I spent, you know, $4,200 on a laptop two years ago that right now Apple will give me $1,300 for. And on Twitter, I, I've had some people who have expressed interest in me selling it for $1,800, which is still way less than honestly what I should be able to get for a two-year-old computer that is significantly better than like what you would be able to buy new at that price. Like even if you were to get like the, like the base model um, M3, you know, 14-inch, um, with eight gigs of RAM, which is a war crime and, uh, you know, anything else like it, it's a ridiculously powerful machine. I have no reason to upgrade to be very clear. I just want the color. So I'm, I'm doing some noodling and some thoughts about like, okay, like how, how adult are you going to be, Christina? Um, it is my birthday month. So we know the answer is probably not that adult. I'm probably going to buy one, but you're going to get yours first, uh, regardless. So I'm looking forward to hearing your take, but, but again, I think you're right to go for kind of like that, that you know, base level pro model, maybe upgrade the storage. Um, and I think that it's 36 gigs of RAM is I think what, what, where the RAM is. And I have to say, I have a base level, um, 16 inch MacBook pro right now that work gave me because they wanted to give me a, a, a max and those were supply chain didn't allow that to happen. And I have to be candid I do not notice any performance difference between my 64 gig max and my 32 gig pro at all. So, uh, you know, they're, they're good machines, but, um, Hey, we, we finally got another black book, which was what I wanted this whole time. So you've been waiting. I You've have been, been lying waiting. in wait. I have. 
Um, so I, first of all, Christina, any rocket listener out there, I mean, eighteen hundred dollars for for that laptop. I I'm I'm tempted to get that like for my team as a production machine. Like we're about to uh like you know buy a Mac uh for video stuff that we're working on. That is a crazy good deal. So um yeah, that that is just nuts. Oh yeah, um, and, and it still has a year of Apple Care. I didn't even mention that part. Oh so. wow, wow. No, that's is is it the sixteen inch or the fourteen inch? It's the fourteen. It's it's it's, yeah. it's a fourteen inch sixty-four gig M1 Max with like the ultimate cores, one terabyte of SSD. That's the only area I skimp out on. Um, I won't make that mistake again. So only one terabyte of SSD, but everything else is like literally as, as maxed out as you could go. I honestly, I don't fill up a, you know, everything is so cloud-based compared to, you know, back when I, I shipped my last game that I, I really do find like Drop, Dropbox moved over to a, a syncing situation where it won't, you can still have access to all your files, but all of them are not necessarily local. Mm-hmm. So, you know, between that and I, I just, I find I need that, I, I do need a terabyte because five, you know, five twelve yeah. is not enough. But uh, I I find that to be very manageable, and I you know I keep a lot of games and and, and stuff like that with me. Yeah, no, I mean one terabyte is probably fine. I just you know, like I said, size queen. Um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So hundred uh, percent. Do we want to talk about like what's different with this one? Yeah, yeah, I sure. think so. Because because what's interesting here is that they basically it's. They have tears now, right? Because they got the touch bar is dead. Goodbye, rotten hell. No yes. one will miss you. You're awful. Well, apparently someone at the Verge is going to miss it. But then the so I uh, no finish your thought and then I will talk about was, the piece that I read. I was going to say if it was Alex Kranz's piece, she's not missing it. She just thought that it had more promise that was never realized. It is Alex Kranz's piece. Yeah. yeah. So the headline was misleading because I first read the headline and I was like, "You're a liar!" Is literally what I told her. And then I read the piece and I was like, "Oh no, I actually agree with all of this." And it was funny when I said that she was like, "I went back and read your original review," and I was like, "Yeah," and I was wrong. I I. Oh. really well no actually then I went back and read my original review and I said it was a gimmick not worth the worth the price and I said that the whole thing would hinge on whether or not people came up with other uses for it and, and they didn't and they did Her not pieces headlined goodbye touch bar you held incredible promise um the deck is the touch bar was meant to be the future of computing but a lack of interest from developers and Apple itself turned it into a mere proof of concept which I do <laughs> agree with yeah which they've done with a lot of stuff. I mean, I they think 3D Touch on iPhone is very, so very similar to that. Um, Except that was good. It was good for, for the keyboard stuff. But, um, you know, like when they talked about there was the promise of you know, using it for uh, you know, controls and games, like the the accelerator pedal. And I, I think they just didn't really deliver on that the way that they needed. I Coming back to the uh, to the M3, uh, you know, uh, M3, M3 Pro and M3 Max, I think if you're trying to decide if this is a good uh, purchase for you, what makes it really difficult is, um, you know, I'm not going to say Apple is intellectually dishonest or they cook the numbers or anything like that, but it's really hard to look at the information that they present in these events and then kind of run it through the Apple 
coded language playbook, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, because they, they make a lot of promises, but then you start really like thinking through the information that they're presenting to you. Like one of the things is they showed us a bunch of beautiful graphs about how powerful these are, but mm-hmm. they're consistently comparing it to the M1, <laughs> right. not the M2, which would make a lot more sense. And, yeah. you know, they're showing you a lot of graphics technology like mesh shaders are freaking amazing. That's at uh, least two stunning graphics. Like if you played something like, uh, you know, uh, Forza uh, and you enjoyed the detailed views of the cars up close, like you've appreciated that feature. So, you know, they, they're promising this stuff and, and they're they're giving really convincing graphs about how efficiently it allocates like memory for your graphics card. But this really is a situation where you need to wait, probably, uh, which is where I would praise you, Christina, for having the the self-control to not order one immediately (laughs) and and see what R says, see what uh, uh, Verge says. Let people put it through its paces. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to be clear. For a long time, I've wanted to move from the 14-inch to the 16-inch just the stuff that I'm doing nowadays. I am doing more video editing. Uh, you know, I do a lot of Lightroom, and I, I do want to move to a bigger screen. So I've been looking to make that move anyway. And, um, you know, frankly, Lightroom is not, uh, they, they say it's natively coded. It is not natively coded in the sense it's using a bunch of technologies, like as best as I can tell, Electron, uh, uh, which is why it chugs a lot on my M1. So, um, you know, I'm not going to complain about having more power in a bigger screen. You know, this is something I was going to do anyway. But I think if you're really trying to get this on the features that they're promoting, which is the advanced graphics power and, you know, what they claim is a faster chip, I would say let let the professionals give you a second opinion on that and not just Apple. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Um, and, um, and I think that the one thing I'm actually really interested in seeing is to kind of go back, like what I do think is interesting here is, okay, we killed the touch bar, which I'm glad about. And, and essentially that 13 inch MacBook pro is no more. Um, and so basically if you want a 13 inch laptop, you have the MacBook air and then there's the 15 inch MacBook air. Um, but now you have this 14 inch MacBook pro, I would still argue, I think that because it is a war crime and it comes with only eight gigs of RAM (laughs) and it still only has two um, uh, Thunderbolt um, four ports, which means that you can only have uh, um, one external display, which I'm sorry for $1,600 is obscene. I think that for for most people and by most, I really do mean like 99% of people, I would be more inclined to tell people to get a 15 inch MacBook Air and upgrade it to 16 gigs of RAM, it's going to be the same price as that um, uh, MacBook Pro uh, 14 inch, uh, the just the the base model um, M3. If if you for whatever reason maybe you really want an HDMI port, maybe you really want an, an uh, you know SDXC port. Okay, that's fine. But just in terms of if you're talking about getting that just base model and you're not going to be buying you know. Uh, spending more money to, to get more RAM or more storage or anything else, I do think that the MacBook um, Air is is a better deal for basically everyone. But that was kind of the interesting thing to me is that they essentially now there are two MacBook uh, Pro 14s, one that is the one we know and love, and then a cut down one, uh, one that I'm calling the MacBook Faux. And <laughs> and I, I uh, uh, yes, thank you. That's I was harsh. Of that. 
That's harsh. Well, I think it's fair though. Just it's because, fair. It's you fair. Know, yeah. um, and, and I'm not, again, to be clear, I actually, I'm not even mad. I mean, I'm mad at the Ram, but I'm not mad at the other cut down things because I still think that this fits in better with the overall line than that 13 inch, um, you know, touch bar monstrosity did. But I do think it is an interesting thing that they clearly have like invested the time and being like, okay, we're going to make it look just the same, except it's really not because mm-hmm. we're, we're lopping off a port. We're taking away some functionality. We're putting the the lower level chip. Um, and, and that's an interesting, I think, uh, place where we are now, you know, three generations into the, the Apple Silicon uh, series uh, on the Max, the M series. I think that we're in an interesting place to see that they the Apple feel, uh, you know, clearly feels like they can kind of make those moves, um, to, you know, uh, make those kind of changes among the chips, even in their quote unquote pro line, which, you know, um, like I said, I, I think that started, I think for $1,600, I think eight gigs of RAM is, is absurd, but, um, you know, if it was 16, I wouldn't have any qualms at all, even if it was only allowing you to have one external, um, uh, display. But I, I think that it's absurd to, you know, start it at that price. But, yeah, that really surprised me. But go on. Yeah, no, I was going to say, it, I wish it surprised me. Um, it, you know, what surprises me is the people who are defending it. That's what surprises me. Because mm. I'm like, okay, A, like, as I as I like like to say, they're not going to F you. Um, B, <laughs> like, you know, like, so no matter how in love you are with this thing, they're, they don't care about you, uh, clearly. Um, but it, it does feel... Like, I do wonder when when are we finally going to get to a point where Apple no longer feels like eight gig, like they join the rest of the world and go, you know what? Eight gigabytes for this price point is not enough. Like I can support it on a MacBook Air. I can't support it on a Pro. But I am still glad that they have finally, I think, had a, a proper kind of like low end, um, you know, low end by being $1,600 entryway for people <laughs> who want a little bit more than, than a MacBook Air. Well, I yeah. think they'll keep doing it until people stop buying it. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's pretty straightforward. All right. Any final thoughts about the Scary Fast event? Um, I, I want to talk about how it was shot because yes. you had some good thoughts about that, Thank Christina. You. Yeah. I was going to say, okay, so, all right, at the very end of the event, and I didn't even catch this until um, Gruber pointed this out to me while we were podcasting because I, as soon as the event ended, I, like, you know, clicked out. Um, and, and stopped watching, but they had like a little, you know, thing come up on the screen that says, you know, shot, um, on an iPhone edited on a Mac. And then on Tuesday morning, they released like an article and a behind the scenes video showing how this was shot. And I was actually really impressed. What they did was they, they shot the entire thing using, um, the iPhone 15 pro max, uh, to be clear, that does not mean that they did not use you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of lights and, uh, you know, uh, rig, <laughs> rigs and uh, SDI stuff and, and wireless syncing tools and, and you know, drones and other stuff and, uh, you know, uh, gimbals and all kinds of other things to make it work. Obviously, they did. But I was actually really impressed. I mean, when I went back and watched it after the fact, I was like, knowing this, I was like, okay, I can tell some of the shot setups they did were very clearly to, you know, make the most use out of this camera you didn't see a lot of uh, depth of field. Um, you know, there was it was very shallow focus, and and that made complete sense. And but I was still very impressed because I wouldn't have known that at all watching it that that was not using a red camera, which is I think what they've typically used, uh, but instead using an iPhone. Um, however, in an article on the version, I actually did find 
annoying, unlike Alex Kranz's article, which I thought was great, even though the headlines seemed misleading. This article I was completely annoyed by. says, here's what Apple really means when it says shot on iPhone. And then basically hedge this thing almost as like trying to pretend like because Apple, like any other company who makes a professional video that's going to be seen by millions of people actually uses professional lighting and uh, rigs and editing suits and other tools that somehow they're cheating. That somehow, somehow this really isn't really what, what shot on iPhone no. means. And I'm sorry, this is a bad take. Like, it was really funny because when Gruber and I were recording, I learned from him that it was shot on the iPhone. And I surmised what wound up being accurate. I was like, okay, so they must have been shooting on ProRes and in uh, Apple Log directly to an SSD because that's the only way you can do it. And I, and I even said, I was like, oh, and I'm sure they had a lot of external lights and, and gimbals and, and other uh, sorts of rigging stuff. And, and they were doing all the same things they normally do, just instead of having a, a forty dollars or $50,000 camera at the center of it, they had, you know, a, a bunch of iPhone 15s. Mm-hmm. And which to me, I still think is an incredible achievement. Because again, you're talking about something that used to, at the low end, you're talking about at least a twenty dollars or $30,000 camera. And that's before you get the glass involved. That's the level of camera that companies like Apple use for these things. I know this because I work at a company that, you know, is in a similar space. I know what these things cost. And and this is a, a big product um, a video. There's no way that they're going to just be using like, you know, a $2,000 SLR. So like, but but people got upset and were like, oh, well, this is this is just a gimmick and this is not cool. And when when they say shot on iPhone, we really, that that's making people think that, that they can get those same results themselves. I'm yeah, sorry. they can if you use this yes. lighting setup. Like lights, are, lights make such a huge of difference. They do. And anyone who uses an exp- like Brianna, you use really expensive cameras. I'm sure that you know the camera does a lot. The camera is important. The quality of the camera is important. The light that you apply to the scene that you are shooting does not become less important. Because no, of the price of the camera, ninety percent of photographing th- uh, photographing things is waiting for good light. Uh, like hand yeah. to God, and yeah. like that—that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very silly. And, and also, like, in what universe would you actually expect a company like Apple to not use anything else? Like, oh, okay, so we're we're not going to use you know professional audio stuff. We're not going to have a bunch of SDI monitors. We're not going to do the stuff that we always do. Just because we say shot on iPhone, no. The impressive part is that they don't have a forty or fifty thousand dollar camera at the center of it. They're able to yeah. actually do it with a you know um, freaking you know fifteen hundred dollar camera and a bunch of them. And to be clear, yes, they're going to be able to get results that you as the normal person will not. Guess what? That's the entire precipice behind the entire marketing campaign called Shot on iPhone. Also, also, because people on threads were just going nuts about this, I swear to God. Like, Threads is, <laughs> is a dumpster fire sometimes. Like, they were like, well, Apple made a big deal about this. I'm like, no. It literally was at the very, very end of the video in small print. And then they themselves went into detail the next day where they were very transparent about what they did. So if anybody doesn't have the critical thinking skills to recognize that obviously a great event that you saw that had drone shots was not done the same way that somebody would just, you know, put out, pull out their camera and take film a it photo of their vi- Italian pasta. Like- right. Have vertical video like you're from some stupid TikToker. Like, are, are, are you like, I'm sorry, like, has everyone just gone stupid? Because this has to be one of the dumbest. It is lasted two days now, but like this has to be one of the dumbest things to get upset about. And like one of the dumbest controversies I can recall 
in months and months. I mean, I know you're not new here, but this is, <laughs> this is, is it really that different than the normal discourse? Internet. This is dumber. Really? This is, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I this know. is so, this is so dumb. It's disingenuous, it feels, just because it's like, like, of course, like, I, I think it is a cool big deal that they Me too. shot it on the iPhone that they were like, yeah, this is the technology that we're going to use. Cause I'm sure that they are very like, this is a, this is important. Their keynotes are important. They yeah. go through a lot of lengths to make sure that they are polished and practiced and professional. And the fact that they did shoot it on their own hardware alongside all the things that they would usually do in yeah. any other context to make the event look professional like hundreds of thousands of dollars of lights, which would be there regardless of whether or not it was yes. shot on the iPhone. Like, of course. <laughs> right. So it's, yeah, it's it's very silly. It's very silly that people are like, and, and the fact that they released a behind the scenes video, I think is awesome too. Like, cool. Me too. Yeah. Also, they used um, Blackmagic's um, new um, iPhone app, which I haven't used yet, um, but I will be using when I'm in San Francisco this week just to kind of Ooh. try it out, um, which is free. And it's taking oh, on Filmic. So Filmic for years has been one of the best, Filmic Pro has been one of the best apps you can get for the iPhone and people have used it for all kinds of stuff. They recently went subscription and I, I get it. They need to make money and, and they frankly were not selling their app for enough money like for years and years, but people are annoyed with, with, with the subscription aspect. And, and I, I can understand that too, but because Blackmagic has a completely different business model, uh, they want people to buy their, um, some of their uh, hardware and they want people to now pay for their cloud service. They have no problem giving, you know, DaVinci Resolve away for free. They have no problem giving uh, this um, app away for free. And and Apple used that app, not the native camera app. They used that app uh, to, mm. to shoot on, which I think is, you know, really interesting. And and um, I didn't know that this app was even out. It, it came out literally. It's I have a feeling. I mean, I this is based on nothing, uh, but this is just a hunch that I don't know if they got a heads up about the iPhone 15 or or what, but it feels to me like this was something that, because it was released, I think, right when the iPhone 15 came out, that, you know, a little more than just like, oh, we got really lucky that this free app we have also works really well with uh, Apple Log and with recording to an external, you know, um, uh, uh, SSD and whatnot. And so um, I was glad to read about that. Like, I was, because I yeah. didn't even know that app existed. And so... Like, thank you for the transparency, Apple. Like, yes, it's a marketing stunt, as all of the shot on iPhone things are, but also it looked really good. And yeah. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, services, and even the content that you create. Squarespace has got everything you need all in one place. When you're on Squarespace, your customers get flexible payment options. You can make checkout seamless for your customers with simple but powerful payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and offer customers the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. You can also take advantage of professionally designed website templates. Make your website freaking gorgeous. Squarespace has designs for every category and use case. Plus, you can customize your look, update content, and add features to fit your unique needs. You can make any Squarespace template do exactly what you want so that your idea, your brand, or your business stands out on every freaking device. 
And then you'll know what you need to grow your business with analytics. Learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. I cannot recommend Squarespace enough. It is super fun and simple to build a website. You will be tempted to just tinker with it forever because it is a delight to like, it's so responsive and it's a delight to just see what you can do. And sometimes like when I was building my website, I would go to other people's websites and be like, oh shoot, I need to do that. That's, I want to, I can, and then I would just be able to recreate it in Squarespace um, and it'd be so cool. So do check it out if you have a website that you would like to be existing online and be visible and beautiful and impressive to the people who see it. Check out squarespace.com slash rocket for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash rocket and use the code rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That is squarespace.com slash rocket and the code rocket when you decide to sign up and get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for a rocket. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, I am super excited to welcome to the show for our second topic today, Maury Coleman, friend of me, uh, but also digital <laughs> artist and founder of Hachi, a creator-focused tech company, uh, who is here to talk to us about iPods, that incredible archaic technology that has become so freaking cool again. And I'll just introduce you with a, a brief story. We met for the first time a couple weeks ago and you were telling, it was our friend's birthday and you were telling us about an iPod that you had gifted her. Like you bought it offline and you made a, a playlist for her and gave it to her for her birthday in the year of our Lord, 2023. And I was like, that sounds like the coolest freaking thing in the world. And then I learned that you do so many more things with iPods. So Maury, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I'm really glad to be here. I'm, I'm, Shocked that my my little pet fascination and or hoarding obsession uh, has has taken me to new heights. Uh, you are in good company with hoarders on this show. So yeah, you have no idea. So so for for background, the reason that this whole thing came up was that I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you did because they were kind of honing in on on your um your racket a little bit. But Urban Outfitters was selling iPods. And that's what they, it was. And they sold out immediately. And I was like this. I was mad because I would have bought one, even though I know they were overpriced. Um, and Simone was telling us about what you do and about like how you not only, you know, make them for people and, and do hacking mm -hmm. stuff with them, but also finding what playlists and stuff people have on their iPods, mm -hmm. which to me, I was like, OK, we need to like have a repository or like a Spotify playlist somewhere mm -hmm. of this stuff, because that to me like I have an iPod video somewhere. Actually, I know exactly where it is, but I'm too lazy to mod it myself. But I uh, I need to connect it to my computer just so I can like see the music that like 2005 Christina was listening to, which unfortunately I think was a lot of James Blunt. So I'm not proud of Ooh, that. Wow. But like I, I I do remember that that was that year. So what's the weirdest or, or have you noticed any trends? Um, sorry to just jump into things. That, but have you noticed any yeah. trends of songs or, or types of music that you find on like certain like maybe generations of iPod? Sure. So I mainly buy um, iPod Nanos. I, I The other iPods are interesting, but they're not. What I like is how, A, how tiny they are yeah. and their use in like either jewelry or just like as accessories. Um, and so I've, you know, I have like one or two 
Uh, normally, I buy them in bulk from um, places like shopgoodwill.com or eBay. And so sometimes I'll, I'll buy lots with like, you know, a, like a lot of like 10 or 15. And sometimes they'll have like an iPod Classic or something. Um, so I don't, I haven't really done much with those. I barely even like, I have a whole like processing system where I need to like copy all the music and then wipe it um, and then, you know, reformat it, uh, which we can get into uh, in a bit because there's a lot of stuff that you touched on. Now, I didn't realize like, oh, you said, you know, 10 sentences about iPods. I'm like, I've thoughts about every single one of those. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> but uh, but I, the the answer to your question is they reflect the music that you would expect them to reflect of that time, right? Like I'm looking at one right now this guy, Steve Porter, I think he like used his iPod a little bit later. I, the last upload was like, I think in like 2013 or something. A lot of Eminem, mm -hmm. a lot of AWOL Nation, a lot of Creed for ah, some reason. Okay. Some Nickelback. Wow. Shinedown. Wow. Big, big, like, big, like 2000s rock guy. Three Doors Down. I was going to say, that's like some like very peak, like late Napster, early Kazaa type of music. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. almost tell it's like, okay. Wow, Kazaa. Yeah. I was like, he didn't, he didn't buy those things off of iTunes. Like, I, I mean, maybe he did, but I'm like that. Oh, well, you know, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you can tell I was going to say, I guess. Yeah. Because when you buy something off of iTunes, it still has DRM. And right. so when you try to import it to something else, it doesn't work. And the annoying thing is you can't tell that until you try to add it to another iPod half the time. Um, so, so yeah, no, a lot of these, you would not believe the amount of like really like horribly form like name formatted tracks I have that are just, you know, you know, run this town ripped from bmp3.m4a, <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. So that good. is really spectacular. I love it. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about your love of the iPod Nano because I've always felt mm. really alone on this. So just to give you some background, uh, mm. I am the world's biggest iPod Nano hoarder on earth. Uh, Hell yeah. So Are it, you sure? Well, okay, <laughs> Given what we've not, just learned. <laughs> but for a consumer <laughs> level and not like a, a product factory uh -huh. level, and this is why I have tried everything to deal with insomnia possible that I could do. I've tried like, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've done drugs, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. and the thing I've found to really crack the code for me is getting audiobooks and the Audible app and then mm -hmm. um, listening to them really slowly all night long, like at a, a quiet uh -huh. level. So you're listening to the audiobook. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. I always have to have an iPod Nano. And the problem is I find after about a year or two of constant like eight hour a day use at least, the uh -huh. headphone jack in it invariably starts breaking and you can't uh -huh. get it to work. So I have an entire drawer in my house full of iPod Nanos that I've gone through uh, that, that don't work anymore. And they're getting uh -huh. so crazy expensive now to get new iPod Nanos. Like it used to be, you could just pick them up for a hundred dollars. Now it's like three, four hundred dollars. So uh, I would love to. Like I have strong thoughts about every single generation. The last two iPod Nanos mm -hmm. were the best by far. They were. How? What do I have to do to get a steady supply of my drug? First of all, you are so vastly overpaying for these things. <laughs> oh, no. Fair, fair, See, this is good to know. This, 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 this is, is good information. This is on the show, if you listen. <laughs> yeah. All of us. All of us. Yes. I, I think my the average, I aim for an average cost of like working iPod Nano, including shipping, including iPods that don't work, 
of like ten dollars. Oh my um, god! <laughs> Amazing! Oh my god! <laughs> um. Secondly, I uh, I actually don't like the last two generations of iPod Nano. Really? I think I think the seven. Well, the problem with the seventh is that I feel like nobody really recognizes it because it's just yeah, it like the weird. iPod Touch iPod Nano. Sure. And then the uh, the the six is cool, but it doesn't play video, uh, which is half the reason I get them. And almost, you know, if I what 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 you made me think of is that I, you know, for a while I tried, uh, you know, using this podcast called Sleep With Me, um, which mm. this guy goes on very boring tangents for two hours and it's it drifts you off to sleep. It's amazing. And what came to mind for me is like, you don't even need I, I wouldn't use a headphone jack. I would literally just because the six has a speaker. Oh, but that drives my husband crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just put it under my pillow. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, that's anyway, that's, you know, you can figure out how to how to deal with that. But I mean, like, they're cheap. They're they're really cheap. You just got to, like, look at the uh, you got to go buy them in like in bulk on you got to buy the untested lots and you take that you take that risk. But most of the time they work, you know, and especially the newer generations definitely work. The older <laughs> generations are much more spotty and they can only hold like I have an iPod that has one gig. Wow. <laughs> it can hold one thing. <laughs> it has like 200 songs on it. It's what am oh I supposed God. to do with that? Right. That's not even my Spotify playlist. I'm curious. How did you get started? Like what what was the impetus to start purchasing iPods? And like, where, where, like yeah, let's just start with where that started Great, for you. Yeah. So I tried to find why or when. And I looked in my iMessages. I just looked up iPod. And the earliest mention I could find of it was in april of this year whoa really so this is a new thing okay it's a new thing and it was it really started mainly because me if i had to guess i was probably talking with my friend alex about like how much we miss certain like old school Mm, tech and the ipod nano was really like the last thing the last thing apple made that was its own line of things like the own line of products and the last thing that kept on getting smaller instead of bigger. Um, and so and so I was thinking about, you know, oh, it's cool. That they can play video. And I was like, oh, you know, it's really small and it's small. It can play video. I wonder, you know, it's it's about the size of like a really big dangly earring. I wonder if I could just make it into an earring and then I'd have an earring that could play <laughs> video. Right. Um, and so I got that in my head. And for a while, it was kind of just in the you know back of my ideas folder. And then I was like, you know what? These are, I looked up where to buy them. I bought a few. Um, I went to uh, the um, the garment district to pick up a bunch of like jewelry making material, basically like earring clipping backs oh and, uh, and costume glue, I think it is. And yes. I put it together and they don't work unless I, I, I didn't want to like use a, use a piercing because I don't want to screw up my lobe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're clip-on and so, but the clip-ons aren't that strong. So I have to use double-sided tape, um, on the clip-on to like <laughs> give it that extra adhesive power. Um, and they work very well. Uh, I just wore, uh, I integrated them into my Halloween costume, which was my first like public wearing of them. Nice. Wait, what uh, was your were, costume? Uh, I was screen time. I put, <gasps> yes. uh, oh my I put, God. <laughs> yes, I put subway surfers on both of them. Yes. Uh, and then, uh, it's yeah. Cause half the joke is. Is what what would be the funniest thing to what would be the funniest video to wear on your ear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Cool. So you're mentioning when we were uh, talking about this, just some of the messed up stuff that you've done with iPods. I, what was your progression? Because you started buying them to, and making jewelry out of them. And at some point you started gifting them to people. Like what, what has your journey with uh, iPod collecting and recycling been like? Yeah. So first I needed uh, a fifth generation iPod Nano because they had the biggest screen. Yeah, those were the best. Still being kind of like chiclet sized. Yeah. And then I needed two of them to be the same color. Mm. Um, and the easiest way to get them was to buy like groups of them. And so I bought one group of three that were all mismatched colors. And so I was like, all right, I've got to buy another one for, you know, I'll pay another $30 for this. Um, so I, I bought another one. I finally got two silver ones, uh, which I have right here. Um, mm. And then I was just like, well, I have all these extra iPods now. What do I do with them? Um, and I... And I started, I was like, all right, well, you know, I can put music on them. That's, that is what they are for. I realized that, um, A, it's like kind of annoyingly hard to sync some old iPods now. It's mm -hmm. hard to rip music off of them because Apple doesn't want you to. Um, and so you have to like treat it as a disk drive and, and rip it like that and open up hidden folders. And it's annoying. Um, but yeah, so it started with it started with the earrings. And I didn't even make the earrings first. I kept on being like, I'm going to make the earrings. And then I had, but then I had stuff that I knew I wasn't going to make earrings with right mm -hmm. and so i was who was the first person i gave one to i think it might have been my friend palmer i was going oh, to... our mutual friend palmer yeah yeah palmer yeah Ash, I... uh insider journalist go check out her work yep go on yeah yeah no i was going to her birthday party and i it was just like, you know, I have this. Oh, I, I know exactly what it is. I had a green one that was square. And I was like, I can't do Ooh. anything. This is was way too big. Yeah. It, was like, it was like the the third generation. And I hate those. I was like, all right, let me just like put a bunch of like, let me find. I went on Internet Archive. I looked up like middle school playlist. Oh, my um, God. I found a bunch of random music, put it on there, brought it over there, bought a uh, a pack of, of chargers and a pack of really like bad headphones. Um. To really get that, you know, that young experience of like yeah, the late, yeah. late 2000s. You're each putting in an air, an earbud. Exactly. I almost said AirPod. Exactly. No, that's the point. Right. It's not. <laughs> um, and I brought over to, to her birthday and she loved it. And I realized that's when I realized, oh, I never have to like come up with a birthday <laughs> gift again. Yeah, yeah. These are, this is the easiest thing in the world. I've, I've done them for birthdays. I went to a wedding two weekends ago. And I got, I like asked them like, hey, what, what music did you guys listen to in high school? Because they were like high school lovebirds. And they're like, oh, oh my all this God. music. That's so sweet. Yeah, right, right. Who needs to give them money when I can give them $15? Genius. <laughs> and time and thought. So tell us about the, the refurbishing process. Like, do you, do you replace parts inside of it? Do you put a new battery inside mm. of it? Like, how, how do you do that? Sure. So there's no like physical refurbishing that goes on. It's mainly what I do is, First, I test that it turns on, which eliminates about 20% of them, if not more. Then yeah. I test whether or not it can it can sync and like keep a connection to a computer, mm -hmm. uh, which is another maybe 10 or 20% that can't. Um, then I uh, I open up the iPod uh, as a as like basically a drive, um, and you can see hidden folders. And there's a there's iPod Control, which has music, which has a bunch of like it basically like I think it like randomizes which folders the music goes it's made to be annoying um but you can copy all the fold all the files from those folders um which are obviously not named any of the music because again it's made to be annoying um 
I put them in a folder just named whatever the iPod is named. Um, so for example, right now I'm looking at at Heather, Porter Steve, Runner Boy, Grandma's iPod was empty. Oh uh, Cecily had an iPod, a uh, bunch of other people. Uh, and so once I do that, I upload that to a Google Drive just so I can get it on like my, you know, my main computer. Mm-hmm. Wipe it and then put it in a box until I need to use it. Yeah. Makes a lot wow. of sense. So you're not like yeah. uh, like replacing a battery or doing anything else. And I guess the Nanos are better than the classics because those used hard drives. Um, so do the minis. But the Nanos use solid state. So which I had no idea, which which is well, that's actually, that's a, that's a big deal, because for a lot of the um, older ones, one of the problems is, is that because some of these things are, you know, some of them are 20 years old, like those um, uh, moving disk drives get slow. And so yeah. with solid state, which is what all the nanos have, it's not going to get slow. Um, and and they, you know, most of them have probably not been used and wiped enough times to to run through mm-hmm. their their capacity. So mm-hmm. like I would think maybe the only thing, assuming it turns on that somebody might want to do to a nano, I'm guessing, and I haven't looked closely into this, would uh-huh. be replace the battery. That's that's what, all, all I can think. Yeah. Whereas yeah. some of the the mm-hmm. other ones, like the, the the video and the classic, the fifth and the sixth gen. Uh, series or the fifth and the fifth at 5.5 gen um there's a lot of people do a lot more like i guess hacks on those mm. where they put in um solid state drives you know they replace the batteries sometimes yeah. they change the scroll reel sometimes they even upgrade the screen so it, it really do depends you also follow r slash ipod <laughs> Um, I don't, but I should because it... That's all they talk about over there. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I probably did at one point, to be honest with you, because I've I've considered... I've wanted to like refurb my iPod video for like, I'm not even sure how many years. Like I bought a uh-huh. battery and I bought stuff for it, like, God, probably a decade ago, which is really scary uh-huh. to think about. And I just haven't gotten around to it. But um, now I want to go back and find all of my iPod Nanos and... Mm-hmm look at them. I actually liked what was the the one that was the I guess the, the the second to the last generation one, the one that you could wear as a watch, the square one. Yeah. That's like probably yeah. one of my favorites, low key, even though it doesn't look like it, just because I, I literally I mm. used to have a I used to have a watch band, this thing I backed on Kickstarter. It was an Apple Watch before the Apple Watch. Yeah. Oh like my God. you could even like it's very before the, it's time. Yeah, well one of the things they even released for it and it's like they knew what people were gonna do was there was like a watch face like that could just stay mm. on it all the time. Oh. So you literally could use it as a watch. I mean, you'd have to plug it in. And I'm sure you know. its battery life was like two minutes. <laughs> I mean, it was like four hours, dependent on what you were doing with it. Like if you didn't have, it was just kind of in standby mode. You could go all day, but about the same as an Apple Watch, honestly. Okay. Just bulkier. Yeah. Oh my God. The really funny thing about that, Jen, when I like looking at its design is that it still uses the really wide 30 pin connector. And so yeah. just one entire side of it is a charging port. I, that's, I think, the one the one iPod that I still have, I think, uses that connector as well. And I just happen, I think it, I still have the, the same charger. I mm-hmm. have the iPod. I need to get everything off it because, like, the odds that I hang on to that thing much longer, I don't even know why mm. I still have it. it. It survived a cross-country move. Why? I couldn't tell you. Oh. Um, but it's a... Uh, I, I definitely I had an experience like a couple years ago and I was looking through it and seeing like, again, the playlist from mm-hmm. high school. And I was like, whoa, this is incredibly nostalgic. Oh, and I lied. I am part of our iPod. I, I lied. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's funny. OK, so I guess how do you feel about the 
nostalgia factor of iPods because like you like you were saying Urban Outfitters was selling them um everyone when you give them as gifts is so freaking excited like do you are you worried about the nostalgia resurgence making it harder for you to get them or do you not care about that at all well in terms of supply i have like 50 of these things so i'm chilling (laughs) (laughs) you're good to go Uh, for a while yeah no i i actually have paused my buying because i was like i need to meaningfully reduce the amount i have before i can possibly justify spending more because it's like you know you have a beer it's a friday there is a there's an auction it's 60 bucks for 15 of these things somebody's like you know what i'll pay 62 and i hit them with 69 because why not exactly yeah uh and then and then damn now i have another 10 i 15 ipods like what am i gonna do with those well i guess that brings (laughs) us to what will be the final question today which is uh how much would you charge my (laughs) co-hosts <laughs> for custom iPods, if they if they cared to, oh, I'll just send them to you. I have so oh, many of so these nice. things. That's so sweet. Yeah, and and to to go back to the nostalgia factor for a second, um, I think it's it's beautiful that people are kind of realizing that they miss mm. different technology. Not like I think because I think old technology is not really the right term to use because. It's not like there's an upgraded version now because mm-hmm. the, the the iPhone is not an upgraded iPod Nano, right? right? Yeah. The iPod Nano kind of ended with itself. Yeah. It is, there is still, you know, I'm sure maybe Zune is still around, right? But in terms of if you want a music player that doesn't connect to the internet, that has music that you own and can, or can go to the library and rip off of a CD and you want it to last 16 hours, and you want to take it running and just kind of have a a device that is very good at doing one thing and multiple things. If you like, you know, video and listening to radio um, and taking video on the iPod fifth gen. It's a simple, straightforward device in for a population that has recently seen all their devices kind of become a total of two things, a laptop or a smartphone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really, really well said. Okay, thank you, Maury, for coming on again. uh, You are a digital artist and founder of Hachi, which is a creator-focused tech company. If people want to look you up online, where can they find you? You guys can find me at WTTDOTM, pretty much everywhere. That's an acronym for Welcome to the Desert of the Meme, which was my old meme page back in college. Um, I'm on Twitter, TikTok, uh, Instagram, GitHub, wherever else people socialize. Great stuff. Thank you for saying GitHub. I appreciate that. That that right. It is a social it network. It is. It is. You can get notifications. I, I I work at GitHub, so so that that uh. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate that. All right. Thank you so much, Maury, for coming on. Uh, we appreciate it, and we'll be in touch. Nice doing business with you. Okay, Brianna, why don't you tell us what we are up to? What are you up to this week? Oh my gosh. Uh, So I just got back from uh, Orlando. Uh, One of the things I really enjoyed down there is I've never been to Hollywood uh, uh, Horror Nights at Universal Studios before. Nice. Uh, It is freaking awesome. Have either of you ever been before? No. Yes, but it's been a long time. 
It is really cool. So uh, what they do is they get Universal Studios and they force everyone out of there by five o'clock and then they fill it and turn all the backstages of the rides into uh, basically horror, uh, like haunted houses. So uh, one of the examples is uh, Universal owns the Chucky television series, which is about a killer doll. Mm, And then they have people like dressing up as all Chucky's villains in a horror like like movie and you're walking through and like Chucky dolls will come out at you and like dead people that have been stabbed or gored by, by Chucky will pop out and terrify you. It is freaking awesome. They have people walking around that are 10 out of 10 cosplayers. They relight all the buildings to have this like horrible like nightmare upside down uh, like red lighting on it. It was just freaking amazing. So uh, I did that last week. Uh, On Saturday, I am flying out. Uh, I'm going to be uh, debating at the uh, University of South Carolina. Uh, I'm going to be debating a uh, Republican on basically should we ban all porn? Uh, this oh, is really interesting. Nice. And thank God you're finally coming out and trying to get porn banned. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm, I'm going to be taking the we should not ban all porn position. Oh, and, okay. you know, I'm first surprised. Yeah, uh, you know, I've I've seen these religious, um, you know, college professors before. It's so just frankly annoying, y'all, because you're trying to talk about policy issues, and they always shunt it over into this stupid highfalutin talk about meta ethics and a bunch of like dead philosophers. And it's like, I'm just not going to let him do it. I'm going to mock him every single time he does that. And I'm going to be like, look, I'm here to talk about policy. You want to talk about this stuff? Go take a philosophy class. We're here to talk about policy. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, that's exciting. It can is that a thing that people can watch if they want to, or I'm is not it sure. Be I'm not sure, local? but uh, uh, I will tweet out the link, and y'all can get tickets for it if you are in South Carolina. I will not be, but that's very cool. I'm sure we have some <laughs> listeners there. Brr, Christina is Bruh the name Christina. that I am. <laughs> Christina. Indeed. Yes. What are you up to this week? Okay, so first I'm reading. We're going to have to talk about this in a future episode, but this was breaking news. Scarlett Johansson is suing an AI app uh, for, for cloning her voice in an ad. So apparently someone Good. did try to, well, I mean, I agree, but apparently someone did try to like make her um, a real thing. Um, okay, uh, thank you, Henry T. Casey, for sending me that link. But what I'm doing this week, I am flying out literally right after we log off. I'm flying to San Francisco, and I'm going to be there until the 11th because GitHub Universe is next week. And so um, I will not be on the show next week, but you can still see me a lot by going to githubuniverse.com on the 8th and the 9th. I'm going to be one of the hosts again this year. Um, We've got a bunch of stuff that we're announcing, which is really, really cool. Like I, I was seeing kind of the final... Um, uh, kind of outline of, of everything and looking at the keynote stuff uh, today. This is really exciting. Um, there's a lot of AI stuff, obviously, but also some very cool dev tool and, and developer experience stuff. So um, that's what I'm doing. So I'm uh, I'm really about neat. to be gone for a couple weeks or for not a couple weeks. so for cool. Days. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Have you come up with a solution to your shoe problem? Are they going to make you wear high heels for 12 hours again? No, no. So this is great because I'm basically going to be like in a fixed 
indoor space rather than oh, nice. being outdoors last year where it was cold and also the sun was directly in our eyes. So this is at uh, YBCA, the Uruguayana Center for the Arts. Um, so I'm not going to be walking around in heels the whole time. I'm going to have chucks on probably. So uh, it'll, or, or Jordans. So um, a little bit more casual than the Microsoft build. But um Yay. As always, Rocket Rules apply if anybody happens to be, you know, um, at um, either GitHub Universe or if you're at the OpenAI Dev Day or or I see you around San Francisco uh, and you see me, drink is on me. And um, But also, um, like I said, GitHubUniverse.com if you want to check all that stuff out. I don't have very much going on this week. I will have uh, – Pat has a video going up tomorrow, which is so good. It's about wrestling and a very weird wrestling video game that – in an odd way reflects the reality more so than any of the like big wrestling Sims. Um, I'll probably have one video going up in a couple weeks, Um, but we'll be just streaming as usual uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash polygon. So that's probably the main thing I'll be doing this week. Um, Yeah, indeed. All right. That is our show for this week. If you are a boosty, a subscriber who gets an ad free show and a bonus segment every week, you're about to hear us probably say a lot of rude things about um, media executives who are not affiliated with my job or anyone else's job. But it's going to be a fun time. Uh, If you want to learn more about that, go to relay.fm slash membership. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to Rocket. This episode is terminated. 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 Terminated.